Hey, welcome to Biohacking with Brittany, a podcast focused on holistic health, nutrition, biohacking, and more. I'm your host, Brittany Ford, registered holistic nutritionist and self-proclaimed biohacker. During the last 10 years, I've focused on healing my gut and hormonal issues through lifestyle changes, nutrition, and of course, biohacks. And now I teach others to do the same. I'm so excited you're joining me today. So let's dive right in. Welcome everybody to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am super, super excited about this episode, probably more than normal, just because I have been using Defender Shield products for a couple of years now. Um, and we have the co-founder and CEO, Daniel Debon, on the podcast today. And as anyone who follows, as anyone knows who follows me on social media, um, I have been really looking into EMF lately and the impact on the health of women specifically and specifically related to fertility, pregnancy, menstrual cycles, all of that type of thing. So this podcast is so timely. And Daniel, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. Brittany, thanks so much for inviting me. I'm, I'm excited as, as you are because I love having a chance to chat with people who have uh, interest in understanding some of the environment uh, beyond the typical toxins in our environment. And today we have these new toxins and I'm excited to chat with you and, and your audience. So thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Awesome. So I would love for you to take us back to the beginning. Like I have your book as well and I've kind of had a glimpse in there about how you kind of got started with Defender Shield, but I would love for you to explain to the audience like really what inspired you from the beginning. Uh, absolutely. So where I'm going to start is a little bit earlier than that. So you get a sense of where my background was. Okay. I was actually in Bell Labs. I was des designing and developing technologies um, for the Bell system. And I was developing the standards and I was testing technology to make sure they met those standards. So I had a lot of background in the tele telecommunication space. And, um, oh, I don't know, uh, 12, 13, 14 years ago or so, my sons were visiting and they're adult men. They, like all uh, adult men's visiting their parents were sitting on their laptop, not talking to us. And they had their laptops for hours on their laps. My, my wife walks by and she says, that can't be good for you. So there was an intuitive perception that having that device close to their uh, uh, groin was potentially dangerous. I said, no way it's dangerous. The power levels are too low. I'm very aware of that those technologies know you're going to be fine. But I thought, wait a minute, let me take a quick look. And believe it or not, even back then, uh, Brittany, um, science actually knew that after three or four hours of a laptop in your lap, the 25% of the male sperm becomes immobile. And, and so uh, that was a temporary thing that could potentially go to a long-term thing. So I was really sort of surprised uh, that that was even true. And I had never thought about it. I was always worried about one piece of technology bothering another piece of technology. Never worried about one piece of technology bothering the human that's using it. So um, it was interesting for me. It was sort of like a turning point. Um, given I... Uh, I, I observed that. I, I sort of said, well, we're not victims. Let me go see if we can find something to help protect us. And there was nothing on the market at that time uh, that fully uh, shielded the body. Um, and, and so I was a mechanical engineer by trade. So I, uh, I developed some shielding materials that were, would shield both the electromagnetic radiation from the extremely low frequency side and the RF side as well. And I built prototypes for them and they used it. Their friends liked them. And eventually we were asked, maybe we should go build more. And so what I did was I bought, built a, built a thousand defender pads. That's what we started at. And it was literally started because of my boys. And it turned out from there, we became uh, part of the industry. Actually, we've been leading the industry in so many ways. 
that's how we got started. <laughs> yeah, that's my, my wife wanted grandchildren, and by the way, Brittany, she still doesn't have any. <laughs> ah, uh-huh. see, <laughs> um, that's funny. Yeah, I, I think it's just so inspiring that you saw an issue or a problem, and you actually created a solution. Um, and that's like, yeah, it's just very inspiring. So why do you think that you like being in the industry hadn't heard about the impacts on the human body before that? Like, was the research not just there yet? No, actually it was. What's really interesting about that question is, um, medical, the medical community on the average did not know about it at -hmm. that time. Um, the industries, the technology industries, did not really have, it wasn't common knowledge for them. It it was in the research side. But if you think about it, the research side is like in a silo. And all of us others were in different silos. And we don't talk to each other. So it was a matter of, it was there, we knew it. it. There was sufficient evidence growing in our marketplace. But the other silos didn't know it. So it's literally, we just didn't know. Hmm. Yeah. That, that's pretty remarkable and just wild. It's just wild that you didn't know. Like It's amazing. Yeah. We were the engineers building technology and those kinds of issues, how does it affect the human, were, were really never thought about. Engineers were creating electronic technologies. They weren't thinking about, wait a minute, what's the human impact? Mm-hmm. Interesting at that time and even earlier than that, the technologies have always been um, in influencing the human body and, and sometimes in an extreme way. But you know what? It was never really that much of a big deal because we didn't have these technologies sitting on our laps. We didn't have these technologies attached to our head. We didn't have these technologies close to our, our chests. Mm-hmm. These technologies are all evolved over the last 10, 15 years close to our bodies and now potentially more influential to our bodies because it's so close. It's always been there, but never so seriously concerning as it is today. Yeah, exactly. So let's break down EMF for everybody listening who doesn't really understand it, who kind of hears about it, but doesn't have a full like grasp on what it is and where it comes from. Okay. So, um, All technology, anything you plug into the wall, the wiring in the wall, the wiring to the house, all of those wires as a byproduct of electricity running through it emitted emission. It's called electromagnetic radiation. And in this case, it's extremely low frequency emissions. Emissions are the byproduct, as I said. And what it is, is uh, think about it as uh, you look at the, the, the your, your your the tip of your finger, and pretend that there's a tiny little ball that keeps on growing bigger, 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 and bigger. It grows, grows, grows. It's an omnidirectional signal. It, it it is going into the room every time you have electronics running in your house. When you use a cell phone, laptop, router, all of these technologies communicate with each other. What they use is what is known as RF, radio frequency uh, signals, to communicate the information from one to the other. They are also omnidirectional. They start and they start getting bigger and bigger. These balls get bigger and bigger until, like for example, in a cell phone, it hits the cell tower. Or if it's a Wi-Fi, it hits the Wi-Fi router. So All these communications are with radio frequency having omnidirectional emissions emitted from them. Wow. That's pretty um, interesting. I was just visualizing everything that you were saying as I sit in my apartment with everything plugged in around me. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's, that's why I explain it that way, because in your room, you have your cell phone. Yeah. Uh, your cell phone, and we'll talk about this more, has a Wi-Fi connection. It has a Bluetooth connection. It has a cell phone connection. You have three transmitting Wi-Fi, three transmitting signals coming from your cell phone. Three. 
mm-hmm. different applications. And then you have your laptop and your tablet next to you on the other side of your table. They're all transmitting these kinds of things. So all of a sudden you have all these transmitters in the room and you didn't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard because you can't see it, right? Right. Yeah. And so it's not obvious that this is happening. Yeah, that's right. In fact, you know, you can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't, mm-hmm. um, you can't hear it. But what's interesting is that over 20% of us, over 20% of us can feel it. You mm-hmm. get headaches. You get um, um, tingling. You, you, you get um, eyes hurting. Um, you you have uh, fatigue. There's so many different things that you could be feeling and not even realize that it's the emissions from these devices are from our technologies around us that are actually implement uh, influencing us. Twenty percent or more. And by the way, of that population, that's called electromagnetic hypersensitivity. Of that twenty percent, like Brittany, eighty percent of women. And honestly, no one knows why, but women feel it more than men for whatever reason. And Hmm. if you don't recognize it, for some of us, these constant exposures get worse and worse in time and your symptoms get worse and worse as well. So you really want to be aware of it it, uh, of the technologies around us and the implications of the body. Interesting. That's so interesting that 80% are women. Like, yeah, wow. I, I ask every science guy I know, every science lady I know, I ask them why women and um, a neurologist says, well, it's because their our brains, their our brains are different, male and female. Uh, I ask a, a biochemist uh, and she says it's the hormones that mm-hmm. are creating it. Maybe it's the uh, the the. Um, uh, the pills we take and the carriers have high levels of zinc or high levels of uh, uh, toxins that we're bringing in. And, and, and there, there may be a lot of reasons, but literally no one knows, hmm. but it's a fact. Interesting. Very interesting. So off of that, like other than being so sensitive like that, um, and you briefly mentioned a reduction in sperm mobility, right? Um, what are the other health impacts of EMF? Um, so I like to think of it in two different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, science um, has really done a very good job of trying to identify the breakdown of a cell. Um, there has been uh, the Ramazani Institute a few years ago did a epidemiology study where they had thousands and thousands of uh, laboratory uh, rats and mice, uh, national toxicity program, a U.S. program that talks about um, a toxicity program that also looked at how does a cell phone transmission interfere with those bodies of uh, those entities. And it turned out that they found direct correlation in their study between the cell phone transmitter and cancers in the frontal lobe of the brain and in the heart, elevated uh, statistically significant differences. And so we know that we have clear evidence that there is a direct link to the serious stuff like getting uh, cancer, uh, mutating the cell, damaging the DNA. We know those things exist. Um, and um, those kinds of things we should understand could be kinds of things we should worry about with with when we use our devices. I'm not so worried about those kinds of things because the statistics are really fairly low on the people um, having that kind of condition. Um, I'll give you an example. If if you have a 12-year-old child that has a cell phone in their back pocket, it's very close to the womb and the eggs of the womb. Um, if, if, if that is constantly on and, and stays there for long, long periods of times, we know there can potentially be a, a mutated cell. That mutated cell can actually end up becoming 
the um, the part of the born, newborn child when she has a child of her, of her own. So there's a mutated cell that can propagate generation to generation. There are some scientists that believe that can be very, very serious. So never put your cell phone in your pocket, please, girls. Um, and so there's those kinds of things. But, but I tend to think of those things as tends to be not the modern, uh, the kinds of thing we should be worried about day to day. I'm more worried about the kinds of stuff when we have a cell phone to our head and we have the neurological impacts, the psychological uh, kinds of issues. We have anger issues. Kids uh, have ADHD um, issues. We know through lots of studies that these new emissions in our environment are impacting how we behave. And I'm more worried about those kinds of impacts, um, the kinds of impacts that um, what well, we have ringing in our ears as a result of it, the tendonitis, uh, where we have insomnia, um, where we have depression and anxiety. All of these things are directly linked through study work uh, to the, uh, the emissions in our environment. Um, so uh, it, it's important to know that these kinds of things can have an impact. There's study that show us they can have an impact, and we need to be aware of it. The thing that I talked about before about the male, there is direct correlation to infertility as a result of it. I'll give you an, a great study. A couple of years ago, um, there was a, a, a physician in uh, uh, San Francisco. He went and got a bunch of uh, RF meters, radio frequency meters, and gave it to a bunch of uh, women who were in their first trimester. And he said, just everywhere you go, just look at the the, the, will record the levels of emissions around you. And uh, they, because they were in the first trimester, what they did was they tracked that entire phase for all these women. And what they found was there were miscarriages that were occurring. And they correlated it to when the meters were leveling high levels of emissions close to the womb of the, of the child and the mother. So three times more likely to have a miscarriage in first trimester was found where there's high levels of RF. Wow. Interesting, right? No one knows about it, but we really should be aware that these kinds of things can happen. Right. So for something like that, like that study, how close does the radiation have to be to the body? Oh, great question. I'll, I'll tell you why, Brittany, because where where I used to, I always used to talk about, uh, a cell phone and 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 um, and the the closeness to that cell phone to your your body. I never really worried about the environment or the ambient around you. Mm. But what's happening, for example, like a cell phone has one point six watts per kilogram. It's a a fairly low signal, but it's strong enough to actually influence the frontal lobe. Um, uh, and there's been correlation to frontal lobe cancers, as you may know. Um, but one that six watts per kilogram is a low level signal. Bluetooth is dot five watts, dot six watts around, and it only takes dot one watts to uh, to uh, to uh, mutate a frontal lobe cell. Uh, we've known that through. Uh, various studies that it doesn't take much power level. So we have the stuff that's immediately around us, and then we have our ambient, and that's the second source. In the room, in your room, you probably have the laptop, the cell phone, the Wi-Fi, and your family has theirs all in the same room. You're, you're using a router that's 10 foot away from you, most likely. And so all of a sudden, you have all of these transmitters um, those transmitters are transmitting into the room, and that transmission is called ambient. It, it's the stuff around you. It's it's like um, if you were in a room where there was um, gas uh, fumes coming out, volatile organic compounds, and you're electric and you're multiply chemically sensitive. That gas is filling the room before it hits your nose. Um, that's the same with these, these emissions. They're filling the room. What's interesting about that is because we have so many transmitters in these rooms now, that though power levels 
can be as much as dot five watts. That's a lot of power that didn't exist 10 years ago. So it's the ambient in the room that's a concern, and it's the the particularly of concern is that which touches you. I'd like to interrupt this podcast today to talk to you about Inside Tracker. So the truth is that people age at different speeds. The date that marks your birthday doesn't necessarily reflect your body's biological age, or known as your inner age with Inside Tracker. Learning your biological age can definitely seem daunting at first, and I felt the same way when I did this test, but it's more than just a simple measurement. It's a starting point for you to take control of your health and wellness journey. Inside Tracker is a personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and now fitness trackers to help you optimize your performance from the inside out. First, they analyze your body's biomarker data to offer you a clear picture of what's going on inside. Then they provide science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes and track your progress every step of the way. If you're interested in this, definitely check it out. I'm so, so happy I did it. I learned a lot about what's going on for me. You can use my discount code BiohackingBrittany through the link in the show notes, and that will get you 25% off both testing your biological age and any of the other tests and products as well. So that's BiohackingBrittany for 25% off. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like I've, I've definitely been thinking about the accumulation yep. of signals and and being in an apartment building even and like like versus you know living on a farm or living like right. out in the country with no one around you as well less cell phone towers um all sorts of things like that so yeah so like as i prefaced prefaced this um this interview with you i you know am thinking about developing EMF blocking underwear for women for basically the reasons that you just said, um, because we have our cell phones with us all the time and our laptops, Wi-Fi, we have all these signals going on all the time. And infertility in general for couples is now affecting one in eight couples yes. and it's on the rise. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty scary to see infertility infertility increasing in society, um, especially as someone who's in the biohacking and health world. Um, so I have a, like, I, you know, talk about this a lot on social media in terms of like developing this product and I've gotten some very interesting questions. And one of the ones that I just remembered, um, which made me think of when you're talking about ambient, uh, transmissions is if you were to wear something like EMF blocking underwear for women, or even take the Defender Shield blanket and put it on top of your lap, does that necessarily still block the ambient transmissions coming from the other side of where the underwear or blanket isn't, if that makes sense? It does. So we're not in a perfect world. Um, Mm. And so what we try to do um, when we think about these things, like you're doing, is try to find the best approach that works the best for us, not perfectly, but what can you do the best? When you have a, a, a blanket on top of you and you're on your uh, couch, for example, um, it's, it's protecting you from all the ambient in the room. Your question is, what's coming from underneath your couch? And, mm-hmm. and there is some, but not much. So mm-hmm. you're actually gathering most and particularly the the kinds of stuff that really going to affect you uh, the most uh, by using a blanket. In the case of um, clothing, um, th- that's a great idea. The, the reason why is it, you're you're actually you're doing a a better job of making sure that you're protecting the whole area. A womb of a woman, for example, if you would develop underwear for the for a woman. You're protecting all the parts of the woman that you need to protect, the soft tissues, uh, the the, uh, the the womb of the of the woman. And if 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 you've designed it in the correct way, you're you're high enough where majority uh, is protected. Um, mm. If you went up to your head, then you'd be perfectly protected. But underwear <laughs> doesn't go that far. But so you you choose a reasonable approach that can actually give you the most effective protection as you can find. And I, I think that's a great idea, uh, 
uh, it's something definitely that should be done. Yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if, you know, we're getting into specifics here, but if you're standing and wearing underwear and in the front it's protecting you and it's protecting where your ovaries are, but what about the radiation that's coming from behind you in the room? Like, is it different because your tissues and your bones and your back and everything is there? Like, I, I, I'm just like picturing how this would all work, but those, yeah. <laughs> well, well, if you're building underwear, you, you have the front and back protected. So that that's a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. But by the way, uh, uh, an interesting point you just made is um, uh, it, it, are bones uh, more susceptible than soft tissue? And the answer, believe it or not, is I've never heard anybody die of cancer of a hand because of an exposure or RF exposure. In other words, it's extremely unlikely that you're going to see any real uh, sustained damage uh, to those parts of the body. But it's really the very, very soft tissue that you're most concerned about. Breasts, for example. Never put your, your, your cell phone in your, in your bra. That's crazy. We know from research that there's clear evidence of direct causal effect. And so you, why would you do it if you don't have to? You know, choose to put it a little bit away from you, and you're and you're and you're far more safer than you ever would be by putting it close to this very soft tissue of your body. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, I've definitely put it in my sports bra before working out, like <laughs> right. when I was younger. And I just think of that oh, and gosh. think it's stupid. I, I cringe <laughs> when I see that, you know, because the, the, yeah. you just don't quite realize. You know, yeah. and in in some of the studies, literally, they, they have photos of exactly where the women put their cell phone and where the breast mm-hmm. has the problem. It was like directly correlated. And so mm-hmm. you really, s- simple things um, can actually remedy that stuff. Don't put it in your pocket. Uh, don't put it in your bra. And, you f- and really, you're quite safe at that point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I want to switch gears a bit and talk about 5G. Okay. And I find 5G very interesting. I am not somebody who is an expert at it or know the research or really know too much about it, but I know that it gets a lot of hype yep. and there's a lot of um, concern about it. And it seems like there's way more concern about 5G than there ever was with 3G or things that came before it. Yep. So. I would love to hear like your opinion of 5G um, moving forward in society. Thank you for asking me that question because it's so confusing for so many and it's not that complicated. It's just been made to look complicated. Mm. But, but, but what I'm going to do before I do that, if you don't mind, I know y- you love this subject matter and I'd, I'd like to share it with you. Uh, when, when you're exposed to emissions, either ambient or directly, your immune system is suppressed, believe it or not. And so when you look at these kinds of environments and, and, and you're exposed to these kinds of things, you're literally suppressing your immune system uh, to, to, to some extent. So let's say you have leaky gut and, 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 your, and your stomach is not giving you the, the strongest level of immune uh, in the part of the body that does that uh, immune function. Um, you are actually potentially creating more exposure as a result of that. So, and and your your immune system needs to be maintained in a healthy way uh, with these kinds of this environment toxin, as well as all the other toxins. So, I, I know that's a subject you consider important, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. Um, 5G, and I'll talk about it more because it's actually, I can, I can break down some more f- detail on that, but let's talk about the 5G. Um, a lot of the 5G you hear about that's being deployed is all in the same range as up to 4G. There's really no other frequencies that are new. Um, what I mean by that is um, I mentioned 1.6 watts per kilogram as the power level. The frequency rate of that is one gigahertz, one billion cycles per second being transmitted into the environment. Um, and a lot of the 5G that's being deployed by major service providers 
are no higher than six gigahertz, um, six billion cycles per second. Your Wi-Fi operates at 2.4 or 5.6 gigahertz. It's nothing new. Those kinds of stuff that's being deployed now is really not where there's the real concerns. The real concerns is when you will go above six gigahertz. And it's that's what they refer to as the millimeter. You may have heard, um, Brittany, it says a millimeter, millimeter wave. Those mm-hmm. things are up to, with deployment of some technologies in the small cell, that is the stuff that's being directly in front of your house, those little antennas that they have on those 5G antennas are directing 20 to 80 gigahertz of transmission to your house. Those are the ones that are new. Those are the ones that are fundamentally different. Those are the ones that have no research or understanding of the implications to those kinds of exposures to the human body. So that's where the controversy lies. So let's not worry about all the stuff you hear about 5G. iPhone 12 just came out. Their 5G is, is um, uh, it's like uh, five gigahertz. It, it's not in the range where I'd be panicking. It's the same exposure you've been having for the last 10 years. Um, hmm. But it's with these small cell sites that they're big. What they're doing with those small cell sites is they're literally, remember I told you, put take your finger and, and see a ball building, building, building? They hmm. have two of them that are building that independent signals. And both of them are being transmitted at 20 gigahertz to actually currently up to about 80 gigahertz directly into your house because because they're such a um, high frequency rate, they don't go very, very far. They go very, very short. So where a, 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 a cell tower for your 4G and less is like, can be three, four, five miles away and you still be able to connect with this that signal can only go 750 feet. That 750 feet, the typical uh, cell tower is starting at 20, her- uh, 20, 20, 20 watts. That is, uh, that's the power level that those tra- they're transmitting to your cell phone. Well, uh, uh, excuse me, 60 watts. Um, your your Wi-Fi, uh, your, your, your 5G is going to be at 20 watts. So there's much more power than existed before, and there are a lot more transmitters now uh, transmitting towards your 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 property, mm-hmm. and and really that's where the concern lies. There's a real concern that we really don't know. Um, hmm. I'm gonna a, a little I, I'm gonna backpedal a little bit. Remember I mentioned that um, immune is suppressed. Well, mm-hmm. it turns out that. Anything below uh, four, four, uh, 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 one, one to four vintage technologies, uh, bugs in your stomach love those RF signals. We know that uh, bacteria propagates um, more aggressively when these exposures are high. So we also know that at 20 gigahertz, this new 5G that they sound in some studies just fairly recently shows bacteria love the 20 gigahertz. Uh, And so you're going to see more uh, um, bacterial growth, some good, some bad. Um, uh, As a sort of a side note, um, when you have electric hypersensitivity, there are certain bacteria in your stomach that propagate better than others. And it's not the good stuff. So there is known study work that shows that there's a kind of environment created as a result of exposure that can reduce immune. And so there's concern by some of the research experts in the country, if not the world, that say what happens at 20 gigahertz. 
what happens at 80 gigahertz. So there's concern because they know from previous experience at lower levels, it has become problematic. And with all the study work, we know where those areas are. We just don't know in this new 5G small cell site uh, area. Hmm. That's, yeah, interesting. A lot to take in, but interesting. Um, and so, uh, like, I'm sure you've heard or seen about the link between 5G and COVID. Um, do you, what do you think about that? Like, what's your opinion on that as an expert of oh, EMF and radiation and everything? There is zero. Mm-hmm. And and I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll, I'll leverage off the bacteria. Um, every every stomach, there are um, 10 times more bugs in your stomach than there are cells in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you go into the stomach, as I'm sure you know, and begin disrupting that, it's the disruption of a set of bacteria that is understood. There is no COVID bacteria in the stomach. There is mm-hmm. no existence of a virus that could be influenced um, by an external RF signal, microwave millimeter signal, that's going to activate or turn up something that's been dormant in your body from from the year of the flood. That's just not going to happen. So there is no, and that's by the way, when that when the stories began coming out, it was talking about the impact to the gut. And they were speculating that's where it's coming from. But it doesn't, RF doesn't create the problem. R just exacerbates it. Mm, That's why there's no real correlation. Yeah, good. I'm glad you cleared that up because I've I've seen that quite a bit on social media and it's a little, it gets a little much. Too much, right. And the people don't fully realize um, exactly what, what the, what bothered me is some of the beginning of those stories were done by MDs and it really upset me because they mm-hmm. should know better. They, they should under, understand the body's function better than that. But uh, anyway, so we, we catch up with the facts. Okay. I'm going to let you sit on that for a second and briefly talk to you about MFEs. MFEs are female underwear that support optimal health through protecting you against EMF, radiation, and bacteria. So this is healthier underwear, essentially. And I created this out of the need that I had for something like this. Um, So it's a very near and dear product to my heart. The pre-orders are opening in a couple weeks, and this is very exciting. So there's going to be very, very limited amount of pre-orders available at the discounted rate. And if you want to get on the wait list, to be one of the people who actually is like able to get a pair, um, you can do that through the link in my show notes. It's also through the link in my bio on Instagram. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at MFEs and Co. So this is, this is huge. And if you follow me, you know how near and dear this is to my heart. And I'm super excited to be able to bring this to the public and bring this to the world and hear your feedback. I am creating two different styles to start off. One is more of a thong and one is more full coverage. So kind of something for everyone. Um, And as we develop, we'll we'll be bringing out new styles, colors, more sizes as well, because we want to be able to support everybody. And that's kind of the projection for the year. And your feedback is so, so important for us. So get ready. Hopefully this is coming in the next couple of weeks. Um, it's, yeah, it's very, very exciting. The fashion designer and I were, were working very closely on this and really making this comfy and cute and made for women by women. So yeah, if you haven't joined the waitlist, definitely, definitely do so. Like I said, pre-orders will have a very limited amount and yeah, just get ready and get excited. Good, good. So, of course, like the golden question from all of this is how do we protect ourselves? And how does the average person who might actually work in an apartment downtown and work in a city, like how, what do they do about EMF and 5G? Like, like where do we go from here? 
Um, let, let's talk about all 5G, uh, all, all emissions, because it, it applies in, in all cases. Um, um, we were talking about an ambient a, a, a bit ago, Brittany, and we were talking about um, uh, all these new transmitters within our, our environment creating more and more toxin. Well, you know how you fix it? You turn it off. <laughs> Simply turn it off. When, when I talked about a cell phone, I mentioned that it has Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and a cell tower. Do you know on my cell phone, all it is on is the cell tower. I don't have all these other transmitters on. I don't use them often, and I don't need them. I go from, I reduce it by three, three times by turning those other two off. So rule of thumb, um, and here's an analogy, um, one bee won't kill you, a thousand will. Mm. And that's what you were talking about before, the cumulated impact of, of a, a, a toxin in our environment. You want to reduce the number of those sources. And by doing so, you min- you're, you're becoming less exposed and more likely more able to live in that environment without, without any concern. So bees in the room, reduce the number of bees in the room is one of the very first things I suggest. That means make sure that if you can wire something, you do. When you have a, I have a laptop that has an Ethernet cl- plug in it. That's it. I don't use it w- with a Wi-Fi transmitter. Um, and so I reduce that by eliminating that transmitting a B, basically, that, that stinger. Um, and so you go around when you have a... Um, 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 a, a TV box, the Roku's of the world and other technologies we have, they all can work with Wi-Fi. But if you don't need the Wi-Fi, run an Ethernet cord to it and make it a physical connection. And you improve the, the transmission watching TV at the same time you're reducing the number of emissions in the room. So general rule of thumb, reduce the bees in the room, wire as much as you can, and when you're not using it, turn it off, including the Wi-Fi. Like I have a timer on my Wi-Fi um, because I can't remember when I want to turn something on and off. I have an electrical timer. It goes off at 10 o'clock at night and turns off at 6 o'clock in the morning, turns on at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I eliminate that B in my environment while I'm sleeping by simply turning it off when I'm not using it. So here's another set of rules of thumb. When something is directly against your body, that's 100% of the emission hitting your body. If I move it one to two foot away, 80% of the potential cell danger is gone. Wow. By moving it four foot away or more, 98%. So simply by taking something, a device that you're using, and you want to become more safe, you simply move it away by um, a three to four, four to five feet, and you're really quite safe. Um, So um, uh, that's the second rule of thumb. Keep a distance. Um, And another one, a third is um, if you use devices like to your head, um, reduce the time of exposure duration. So if, if look, you'll have a cell phone um, for 100 years if you use it one minute a day. If you're using it an hour or more a day, within 10 years, you're three more times likely to get cancer of the frontal lobe. So simply by reducing your time improves the probability of its impact to your frontal lobe. By the way, the frontal lobe is soft, soft tissue. That's why I keep on referring to it. Right. Um, and so if all those things are not enough for you, uh, look for shielding. Look for something that builds a barrier between you and the device you're using. Um, they're effective. They're not perfect, as we've talked about before. Um, but they're, they're improving the probability of reducing the risk simply by using a simple device of a shield. 
in our case, when I built the design, we provide 100% shielding. Nothing comes through. So it keeps mm-hmm. on going where it needs to go. You're not pre- preventing technologies from malfunctioning. You're simply trying to protect the body and shielding the body from those use. Yeah, I love that. I love all of those ideas. Um, I've definitely, yeah, done those things myself, similar things like turning off the Wi-Fi at night, right. turning Bluetooth off, turn, just being very aware. Just being aware. Um, yeah, because, I mean, a lot of people don't, aren't even aware, right. right? Like that's awareness in itself is a big, big issue. Um, and off of that, like do you – do you think that EMF radiation is like the new smoking almost? Um, it was funny. I'll, I'll give you an analogy. Um, a couple of them actually. Um, I'm fairly old and, and I was smoking cigarettes at 12 years old. At that time, it was a, you become a big man when you're smoking because now you, you can show how manly you are. Mm-hmm. At that time, which is over 50 years ago, um, science knew that there was a direct correlation smoking a cigarette to, front, uh, to uh, lung cancer. They knew it, that silo understood it, but it wasn't common knowledge. It became common knowledge when the, um, the manufacturers lost in court. It wasn't because science knew. It was because... Mm-hmm. The courts stopped them from claiming they're making you a manly, manly, manly life. Um, and and so that's one sort of um, scenario. There was another with trans fats. You know, we all cooked our French fries in trans fats. And 30 years ago, a biochemist, it's slowly biochemist said, it's not the eggs we're eating that has the cholesterol buildup. It's not all all the other stuff we're doing in our environment. It's the trans fats we were using that was actually creating the health conditions. It took over 30 years for it to be banned. And it was only banned, what, like not last year, but the year before, I think, in the U.S. It was banned throughout the world, except in the U.S. So yes, to answer your question, Brittany, in my opinion, science knows it just doesn't have hasn't gotten to the courts yet. Wow. Yeah. How interesting. I just like I I just I'm interested to see like 20 years from now, yeah. like what this discussion is gonna yeah. look like. Uh, honestly, you know what was funny? Um there's a preponderance of scientific evidence. A preponderance. Mm-hmm. One science study confirming another science study. Uh, the Re- Ramazani and the National Toxicity, the $30 million U.S. study, National Toxicity Program, was was reinforced by with the same findings uh, that the Ramazani Institute had. Is that not pretty substantial? The, the, the reason why it's, it's always at a, a question is because of statistical significance. Um, all these studies, they, they have 100, they maybe have 200. Uh, participants in the study. And so when they make these findings, um, they say, look, notice how we found this. And another scientist will look at it and say, but it's not statistical. In other words, you didn't have 10,000 people in the study. You only had 10 people, 20 people. So you can only conclude the evidence if you have 10,000. That's science. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... So if, if if you say, okay, I'll agree with that. Let me look at the metadata. So you take the science studies from each of these individual studies, and all of a sudden you have a very large population. What is the trending saying? Trending suggesting that there is an impact. So I, I think it's not science that's lacking. It's governance that's lacking. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I, I do, I really do, Brittany, think that... Um, 20 years from now, when you and I are having a conversation on, on, on a podcast, it's going to be, yep, we knew it. We just couldn't confirm it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and it's kind of cool to be, it's cool that it's, there's a lot of science behind it. Um, and it's cool to be ahead of the market almost with these types of products and ideas. 
Um, but it's also like, I would love for everybody to be aware and be healthier at the same time. Yeah. So it's kind of the catch 22. Um, yeah. Br- Brittany, that's why I wrote the book. I, w- mm-hmm. I was so frustrated that I found all this evidence and none of us knew about it, including the engineers who designed the stuff. We just didn't mm-hmm. know. And so mm-hmm. I thought it was pr- sort of pretty important. Brittany, you, you don't see Defender, Sh- Defender Shield in there at all. I didn't write that book to help people um, find protection through shielding. I wrote the book so people could understand what the problem was. Um, yeah. And it wasn't that there's, there's this diabolical evil thing going on. It's just that silos don't talk to each other. It's historic. Um, and things emerge over time. And somehow we understand it sometimes a little bit too late. Yeah, Exactly. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was awesome. I learned so much and I'm so excited to finish your book, which is great. And I will definitely like link to that as well. But yeah, where can people find you and connect with you and Defender Shield? Uh, DefenderShield.com. And on Defender Shield, we, we, we do have products, but I would, uh, I would guide you to our learning section. We have a breakdown of like five, 10 pages of what is 5G. Um, we, we try to break down what are the linkages to some of the symptoms we talked about, the pains, the headaches, the, um, the pain, the insomnia, all those kinds of things we try to, uh, present it's all in defendershield.com. Amazing. I will definitely put all of those links, um, so people can learn more and yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for inviting me. I really, really appreciate it. You have a good day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, feel free to screenshot this episode and tag me if you'd like me to respond. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned something new. If you have a question about your health, my DMs are always open and I'm currently taking new clients. Thanks and see you next time.